Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, part three of my ongoing series on targeted individuals, a longtime TI and advocate speaks out. Aaron Alexis, the uh, individual that shot up the Washington Navy Yard a few years ago, the FBI actually got involved in that case. And I was interviewed because Aaron Alexis actually contacted our organization prior to the shooting. He was actually asking for help, and he was looking for some assistance with his targeting. He wanted to meet some people in the area. He actually carved on his rifle my ELF weapon. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. To subscribe, just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get access to premium episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. All right, back to Derek Robinson, Executive Director of People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance. Uh, Before we go any further, Derek, how do people get in touch with you at PACTS? Okay, they can write to us at our email. Well, first let me give our website, which is www.paxntl.org. That is uh, Pax, P-A-C-T-S, N like Nancy, T like Tom, L like Larry, dot org. Um, our uh, contact number is 1-888-559. I'm sorry, uh, 639-5559. That's one eight eight eight. Six three nine five 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 nine. You mentioned again that you have uh, something like—is it two thousand members—and you meet how often online? Uh, we have uh, conference calls that um, that we meet on. We have conference calls on Saturday night and on Monday night. And the conference call schedule. There are other conference calls in the community, and those schedules are posted at our website. I also need to give my. Um, our, uh, our email address, which is info at paxntl.org. Derek, you were telling me about detailed information you had about the, the number of targeted individuals in the United States, and you said somewhere between 1 and 2 million, which is astounding. Uh, but you said that that information came to you from a reliable source, a whistleblower. Tell me more about this person. Okay. Um, it was... Uh, the summer of 2016 was when um, a guy by the name of Brian Coffrin, uh started uh, to, 
contacts and uh, individuals in our community, and she finally uh, got around to contacting me, um, and I did an interview with him. Uh, quite fascinating, the information I felt that he provided in terms of uh, insights into how uh, people are targeted. Uh, he works for a security firm, and something I really hadn't thought of as um, a place where there's a repository of individuals that uh, target that target people. So um, there was equipment there, um, and you know, people worked uh, shifts where they, uh, you know, they did the torture, they did the stalking, um, all that remotely. And so he was a witness to all of that. So we got some insights from him as far as you know how people are targeted, who is being targeted, and why. Uh, he believes that it's a social engineering um, agenda that is happening. And um, basically in the Seattle area, he believes that particularly uh, homeless men are being targeted. And there is general um, population control activities going on in certain sectors of the city. Uh, he believes that people are being bussed into Seattle for this um, this mind control experimentation that is happening and for the social control paradigm that is happening there in the Seattle area. So uh, it was quite eye-opening. Um, and actually, the, the interview can be found online uh, that we did with him. And uh, uh, he ran into, into some issues uh, with certain uh, people in the community, and he ended up being estranged from us. But while he was with us, you know, he gave us some really valuable uh, insights, I felt, into the inner workings of one, one part of the targeting paradigm. So you mentioned of- that they were... Sorry, you mentioned they were busing, he mentioned they were busing uh, people into the Seattle area as part of this um, experiment, if you will. What what was the purpose of busing people in? Were they taking part in the street theater? In other words, they they were doing the harassing or were the people being bused in the victims? They were, they were brought in as victims. Um, I believe they were being deposited at the homeless shelter that was right across the street from this uh, security firm where he worked. And they were being observed by these individuals and, and experimented on. Uh, the, they were experimenting on the te- uh, with the technology on this uh, homeless population in Seattle. Um, they were seeing, you know, what they can... Tr- what, how they can control people, uh, what they can control them with. And uh, you can actually see a market difference between the areas that were being targeted and those that weren't. Uh, moods were being affected. Activities were being affected uh, by these technologies. And uh, it, was, it was quite astonishing to see this in, a, in action, you know, from his perspective. That he was uh, sharing with us. In your experience, Derek, do you find that people with who already have an underlying uh, mental illness, 
uh, or who may have some sort of a, a substance abuse problem may be targeted because in the eyes of certain people, because of their mental health issue or their, their addiction, they, there is already a credibility issue. So in other words, if you target those individuals, no one's going to believe them anyway. Well, yeah, those um, mental patients, drug abusers, have always been on the forefront of human experimentation, and so it is with this program. And what do you say to people, the skeptics out there, and there may be some listening, no doubt, who would say, well, perhaps Derek has some underlying mental uh, illness. Maybe he is delusional. Maybe all of these members of his group are delusional. How, what do you, how do you respond to what many people, no doubt, are, are thinking? Well, there's always uh, there are always going to be skeptics, especially when you talk about new technology. Um, but uh, the, the, the targeters they have um, they have basically selected a range of of people to experiment with. Um, Remember, this is basically a societal control paradigm, and they're looking at all sectors of society, all walks of life, the entire um, uh, human spectrum is represented in these uh, in this in the targeting program, from from the rich to the very poor, um, all races and ethnicities. Uh, straight, gay, um, you name it. Every every uh, demographic is represented uh, in this targeting because they want to they want to ultimately control every uh, area of society. Um, so you're going to find all kinds of uh, demographics in our group uh, that reflect that. So. Um, for those that, uh, you know, and, and which includes those that have mental illnesses as well, and there's, there's a certain percentage of that actually in our community, as well as those who are mentally very, very gifted. And I believe one of the experiment, the experiments with this program is to see if they could take someone with a genius mentality and break them down to uh, someone that has no men- mental skills whatsoever, and there are some in our in our community that have come from uh, way way high uh, with mental acu- acuity and are struggling just to make uh, your basic um, just trying to make it through the day. They have been so compromised um, with their mental ability. So I think that there is that experimentation going on. You know, to what extent can they take someone and alter their humanity, whatever their skills might be, into something completely different? So I see that a lot. They try to change sexuality. They try to change um, uh, personality. Um, you know, if you're, if you're straight, sometimes they try to make you gay. If you're gay, they try to make you straight. Um, it's all kinds of experimentation at various levels. And all of this is remote, all of this is hidden, and totally deniable. 
I would imagine also if someone had undergone decades of electronic harassment and torture and surveillance, un- unless you have an incredible will, uh, even if you have an incredible will, you're going to probably have some underlying mental health issues. How could you not after 30 years of torture? That is true. However, it depends upon the extent to which you have been attacked. Uh, there are some that are severely, severely attacked, and you wonder how they make it from one day to the next, and they wonder as well that they are holding up. Um, and then there's those that um, are maybe experiencing uh, some stalking and harassment issues. So there's, uh, it just depends upon how severe, you know, the, uh, the harassment is. But you're right, after, after a period of time, okay, physically and mentally. The National Security Agency, Derek, uh, you mentioned, you know, the, 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 the Defense Department. Do we have any idea where these perps are? Well, um, I believe it is Department of Defense. In my case, it definitely is. I was uh, at NSA when all this started. So I was a witness firsthand that uh, this is coming from the Department of Defense. Um, NSA is comprised of all the military services, uh, the Navy, the Air Force, uh, Marines, and Army. Uh, they're all there. All the services are there. NSA is run by the military. So uh, there's that component. There's also uh, the CIA, I believe, is involved in the experimentation would this all be off budget, though, wouldn't it? I mean, you're not going to find a paper trail. You're not going to find a letterhead with the, the, the program on there, are you? Or is it possible that there is a declassified, there's a document somewhere waiting to be unearthed that would, that would provide a paper trail? Okay, we do have one declassified document that seems to indicate that uh, the DOD has been experimenting with voice to skull and some other mind control technologies. And this was brought forth by um, a member of our community uh, in a lawsuit. And um, he made a FOIA request. Um, and actually, the Army at Fort Meade declassified one of their documents called the Bioeffects of... Um, uh, let's see if I can select it, uh, effects of, um, non-lethal weapon, the bioeffects of non-lethal weapon. And, uh, and within that document, they do speak of the possibility of using voices that could disturb, uh, one's mentality. Um, so this, you know, that, that document is basically one shining example of, uh, that has been declassified that indicates that the DOD has been experimenting uh, in this area, as well as uh, the work of uh, Dr. Joseph Sharp, who is a psychologist at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. Uh, his work has been published, and he was actually the first one um, to successfully experiment with voice to skull and his uh, experiment uh, with his assistant, Mark Grove, is published in a psychological trade magazine. Uh, that was back in 1975. So um, there is uh, evidence that the DOD has been 
uh, that and also Delgado, Jose Delgado, his work. Right, uh, right. Hell. Going back to the 50s, 1950s. Right, and he, he actually wrote a book about his work, uh, Physical Control of the Human Mind, where he details his work, his experiments with remote uh, control of a human being. Um, first, he uh, started out with, with cats and monkeys and um, uh, a bull. Bulls, charging and, bulls. He could make a charging bull stop in its tracks. Right. So it was all done by uh, uh, radio frequency. At the turn of a dial, he could produce these effects. And uh, first on han- uh, animals, and then he was uh, able to also successfully do that, repeat that experiment on human beings. Uh, he was able to control them, their movements and their moods to an extent. So, uh, and he could produce all kinds of emotions from rage uh, to anxiety, to fear, to lust, um, you know, just, uh, you know, happiness, a range of human emotions just by the, by the frequency he was um, projecting at someone. So uh, his work is well documented, and uh, this was back in the 50s he was able to do this. That was so, 60 years ago. Imagine in 60 years <laughs> what they can do now. Right. So Halliburton, uh, he mentioned, this uh, defense contractor. I'm not sure if that particular contractor is involved in our targeting. Um, there have been, uh, there is uh, one report that uh, Lockheed Martin might be involved, uh, Raytheon, uh, some of the other uh, defense uh, contractors, uh, uh, SAIC perhaps. Um, I'm not, I haven't heard about Halliburton. All right, Stephen, thank you for that. Can you cite some recent court cases where the plaintiff has been given a settlement or there have been criminal prosecutions? Do you have any examples of that, Derek? We have a few cases where our community members uh, have prevailed. Richard King, for example, in California, he was able to win his case he had two cases. Um, one, he was suing a hospital for implanting him and his children, and he did state to me that he, he won that case, and also it was a case against the government that he won. Uh, Richard happens to be someone who uh, went to law school. Uh, he's not an attorney as yet, but he knew what he was doing. He knows his way around the courtroom, and, of course, that helps uh, infinitely if you're going to court. Uh, if you know how to navigate the legal system. In his case, he did, and he had some attorneys that also knew what they were doing, and he prevailed. He is still actually being targeted, though. Just because you win a court case does not mean that you stop being targeted. It just means that you get money. And who is named as the defendant in these cases? Well, in his private suit, it was the hospital that implanted him and his children. And then there was also a suit against the government that he won. I'm not sure exactly what part of the government. He can only tell me so much when I talk to him. So uh, after prevailing in court, um, sometimes it's difficult to get specific information from uh, those that win. 
But I was able to at least determine that he won both of his, his lawsuits. And then also I discovered that he is still trying to get free of the targeting. So um, that's one thing I learned about uh, going to court. Just because you win, win the, the, uh, the lawsuit and you get money doesn't mean that your targeting will stop. More of my conversation with T.I. Derek Robinson when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. C60 Evo delivers the miracle molecule, ESS60. It's pure carbon 60. Why not love your body and share C60 Evo with those you love? ESS60 from C60 Evo is a mega antioxidant for increased strength, endurance, flexibility, and a deeper sleep. It's great for pets too. I take a tablespoon every day and so does the mighty Aphrodite. We're both sleeping better than we have in years. And during the day, we have such tremendous energy and vitality. We're both pain-free. In a landmark peer-reviewed animal study in Paris, France, rats fed ESS60 lived twice their normal lifespan. Go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen or click on the C60Evo link in the episode notes. Use the code EVRS at checkout and save 10%. ESS60 from C60Evo. Order your miracle in a bottle today. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Derek Robinson stays with us. Targeted individuals. He is one such, and also, he is the executive director of PACTS International, People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance. If you've been dealing with this high-tech torture for almost 40 years, how do you lead a balanced life, Derek? Well, in my case, I'm doing okay. The torture doesn't affect me as some others who have extreme cases of torture and electronic harassment. My situation consists of the stalking, for the most part, stalking and harassment, where they affect every area of your private life and try to manipulate things. I also receive the voices, and they can read my thoughts, and they can hear what I hear, see what I see. It makes life a little bit complicated when you make plans because they know what your plans are going to be, and sometimes they go so far as to interfere with your plan. So it makes it difficult sometimes if you're planning something, especially in a business environment where secrecy is important. So I've been doing okay, but I've been trying to help those that have severe physical issues with very little remedy for what they're experiencing. And that's what I have been trying to to, uh, to help for the most part. So maybe now would be a good time uh, to talk about countermeasures. How can you, let's say, ameliorate this harassment and torture? Okay. There are some basic things that people do to get relief and that is using some really basic materials like leather, which obstructs the microwave weapons, metal material, uh, objects, also offer some protection from the microwave weapons. Mylar offers some protection from the microwave weapons. Those are basic materials that will protect you for a certain period of time 
until they ramp up the targeting. Most of the things that people try work for a period of time, but it seems that the tormentors always find a way around it. Um, so people are constantly having to find new ways to protect themselves from the frequencies. So it's been a challenge for some, uh, some in our community to stay comfortable. Uh, why isn't the government targeting um, America's adversaries with this technology? And if they are, why aren't they affected by targeting? In other words, are we targeting, is this being used as a weapon on foreign combatants, enemy combatants, for example? Uh, probably so, but I would have no way of knowing that. There have been a number of mass shootings where it's been suggested in some cases, even by the shooter themselves, that they were targeted individuals. Thoughts? Okay, we do have a number of individuals that we have actually come in contact with that have interfaced with our community that were actual shooters. And um, the most well-known of those would be Aaron Alexis. This is the uh, individual that uh, shot up the Washington Navy Yard a few years ago. Um, people tend to remember that. Um that was a case where the FBI, because of the, uh, uh, that became, you know, national headlines and people were very concerned about the, the military installation being attacked. The FBI actually got involved in that case and I was interviewed, um, because Aaron Alexis actually contacted our organization prior to the shooting. Um, he was actually asking for help. He discovered our site. At that time, it was Freedom from Covert Harassment and Surveillance. And he was looking for some assistance with his targeting. He wanted to meet some people in the area. He actually carved on his rifle my ELF weapon. And he sought help from us at first. He wanted to contact people in the area, but he didn't want to talk over the telephone. He wanted people's addresses so that he could correspond with them by mail which, you know, I didn't feel comfortable giving out people's addresses, and so he declined further contact. And then two weeks later, on the news, we hear that he had walked into the Washington Navy Yard and shot and killed 12 people, and he himself was killed in the ordeal. So there are those that feel that that is the way out of this, and I believe that there is possibly manipulation going on there, to bring them to that self-destructive act. They're always trying to bring us to some uh, manner of self-destruction. So, yeah, I believe that that was uh, part of it. So, in other words, he wasn't necessarily being programmed to do this, but he felt this was his only way out of this agony and torture? Well, I believe that he was probably influenced to believe that that was the only way out of this for him. They're very active also subliminally and not only is the technology able to send voices it's able to send subliminal thoughts and messages to an individual just as Jose Delgado was able to project emotion and feeling the technology can also do likewise it can project emotions to a person it can also project subliminal thoughts the Russians had a device a few years ago called the LIDA machine that it sold to the United States. And this device also had that capability. 
And that's something that people can look up online. By Russian standards, it was a crude device. It was given to the United States, made available to them in the 80s. And it could hypnotize a person. It could hypnotize an entire auditorium full of people. It could produce light and heat, as well as subliminal messages. So that was a rudimentary mind control device, and this was back in the 80s. And nowadays, they have, obviously, much more sophisticated technology that they're using. Earlier in the program, Derek, you mentioned that a staff member on the U.S. House Judiciary Committee had contacted you. Had this person hinted at the possibility there might be, at some point, an inquiry, a committee meeting, uh, legislation, anything like that? That would be possible, but uh, the way Congress works is that she would need um, a number of her colleagues that would also um, be in alignment with her, as, lo- as, as well as their representatives that could uh, bring legislation and somehow influence their colleagues to vote for this legislation. Uh, now, Congress has tried to address this issue actually a couple of times in the past. Dennis uh, Kucinich, uh, who was your um, congressman, I believe, was he not? Um, he was a representative for the House. He was in a different district in the Cleveland area ah. in Cincinnati. Ah. Um, but in 2001, he brought the Space-Based Weapons Act that would have, um, if it had passed, it would have actually banned the weaponry that, that is affecting us. It would have banned all these space-based uh, platforms that affect human beings on, on the Earth. So um, that uh, legislation was, was sent to committee and never saw the light of day. And the same thing happened with John Glenn's bill, which had a human, it was, it was basically the Human Protection um, Act. It would have given protections for those who felt that they were being victimized by government, um, some type of government research program that um, they felt that had gone uh, awry. Um, it would have required the agencies to respond uh, to those that file complaints. It would also have given us a place where we could file complaints if we felt that we were being victimized by an agency who was experimenting upon us. Uh, that legislation also got sent to committee and never saw the light of day. So it's uh, for Congress to pass legislation like that, um, it is really going to require uh, a tremendous amount of public support because it's extremely political. The, uh, the Department of Defense lobby would be against it, and they would have huge uh, obstacles to overcome before something like that would pass. And as long right. as the public is unaware of it, as long as legislators are basically unaware of this technology and this issue, there's really not a chance. Derek, again, for um, people out there listening who may suspect they are targeted individuals or believe sincerely that they are, how do they get in touch with People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance International? Okay, there is a couple of ways. Uh, we do have a contact line, and that is 1-888-639-5559. We also have uh, an email address, info at PAXNTL 
That is P-A-C-T-S, and like Nancy, T like Tom, L like Larry, dot org, and um, which is um, similar to our website, which is www.paxmtl.org. Do any of these technologies uh, work in concert with HARP, for example? Uh, well, that is a good question. There is uh, There was suspicion of that a while back. Um, I really have not heard uh, much about HARP lately. Um, actually, that was uh, presented on uh, uh, Jesse Ventura's show. Uh, he talked about HARP, and um, it has... Uh, in its mind control capability. Um, and it is, uh, supposedly it does, it can target an individual as well as um, groups of individuals and, and people over wide geographical areas, reportedly. Uh, they are denying that HARP, the, uh, the people that work there, are denying that they are, uh, that HARP has mind control capabilities at all, but um, so that is a that is a matter of debate in our community, and um, so supposedly, if you were to talk to um, not Nick Bagage, he's written a couple of books about HARP, and he can explain to you exactly how the technology works. And he believes that uh, HARP is targeting, um, you know, um, our population in the United States as well as. Uh, other uh, portions of the world with uh, the the uh, the, uh, the frequencies that it sends up there. Um, whether that is that is true, I cannot say for sure myself, but uh, it's possible. And how about chemtrails? How do you how does your membership feel uh, about the the influence of chemtrails? Okay, that is also controversial in our community, um, and there are some that are affected by the chemtrails um, that have contracted uh, Morgellons disease that they feel is directly related uh, to the chemtrails. Um, and there's actually some remedies around uh, for those that have Morgellons. Uh, it's it's a real uh, insidious disease that um, that people have really suffered with, but um, fortunately, some people have actually been able to deal with that effectively. The Magellan that has resulted from the chemtrail. Um, I think ultimately, if this continues, I mean the the the, um, uh, the residue from the chemtrails, of course, lands on everything. You know, the, uh, it's in the air, the water, uh, the food supply, everything. So it, is, it affects all of humanity and all of, uh, animal and plant life. So this is an issue that, uh, that ultimately the society is really going to have to deal with because, uh, there, there are health, uh, consequences that are, have resulted from this. So I hope that that is addressed. Um, Derek, you mentioned that According to this whistleblower, somewhere between one and two million Americans uh, are being targeted. I mean, are there are there plans? Do you know? Do you suspect of ramping this up so that at some point we'll wake up and we'll all be targeted individuals? I believe that is the agenda. That is the intention of the agenda. 
even though um, I mean my my feeling about that is that even though that is that is the intention, I do not necessarily feel that that will actually happen. And why is that? Um, mainly because uh, people are becoming more aware, and that at some point there will be intervention and it will be stopped. Well, that sounds like some good news. Finally, so often. Uh, when I speak about electronic harassment and mind control, uh, it's it's not a rosy outlook. But you were saying, I think you mentioned earlier, within the next couple of years, there will be some type of intervention. What what form would that intervention take? Would there be uh, would there be a um, I don't know some some piece of legislation? How is that going to how is this going to be stopped? Well, with widespread widespread public awareness, if people realize what's at stake for them, I believe that uh, cities, that states, that even Congress will act to defend not only our group, but uh, their own lives. I mean, they are, they are at risk. And as I stated, there are some even in Congress who are victims of this technology, but there's not a lot that, that even congressional representatives can do not by themselves, uh, for them to pass legislation, they're going to need the support of their colleagues, many of their colleagues. And right now, it's not political enough to, uh, to pass Congress, so they, they're just silent at the moment. But if the public becomes aware, and they are becoming aware, and if this becomes a national issue which I believe is entirely possible very soon, then this would change the dynamic of our targeting and of this issue. I think that there will be solutions at that at that time. Do you have anyone in law enforcement that's a member of, of your organization? There are some that are law enforcement, former law enforcement that um, are working with us, yeah. And do they believe that they were targeted or are being targeted as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, just because they are members of law enforcement doesn't mean that they can stop this, this, uh, this, uh, the targeting from happening. I think the real, uh, what's really stopping uh, this issue from being addressed is there really is not legislation on the books that specifically addresses it. So law enforcement has discretion, basically, to decide whether or not they'll help someone that is targeted. And even if they decide that they want to help them, there's only so much that they can do because they don't have the legal underpinning to arrest somebody for microwave harassment. The laws aren't there. Who can you direct them to if they want their environment, their home, what have you, shielded uh, to... to reduce the the harassment and the electronic uh, surveillance and so forth. I mean, we're all many of us are familiar with Roger Tolsis from uh, the Los Angeles area, Bug Sweep. He's very prominent, but obviously, you know, Roger can't fly all over the place. Uh, do you have resources available to people that you can direct them uh, to to someone who can provide countermeasures? Okay, that is that is a tricky question. Um, there are a number of individuals um, that make that claim. 
how effective they are is is something else. Um, and we have actually been in search of those uh, who would have effective countermeasures. Um, lately, our group has been dealing with someone in Chicago. His name is Ed Lasinski, and he was actually featured um, in one of the um, uh, television shows lately called Legend Hunter. Uh, they did a segment, uh, they did an episode on mind control, and he was featured. And he is someone that um, that some people in our community have um, have went to uh, that have uh, um, they've gone to him in the past for uh, for uh, for microwave harassment, and there has been uh, mixed results with his services. Uh, so we're kind of in in search of those that could really effectively. Um, deal with the frequencies and free people from their suffering. Um, that is still a question mark as to who can effectively uh, do that for our community. We're still in search of someone that can definitively do that. All right. Well, Derek, uh, are there any conferences where um, targeted individuals can go and gather and, and meet other targeted individuals sort of face-to-face, or is it all done online for the most part? We do have conferences um, occasionally. Uh, we hope to have a conference this year uh, in the Los Angeles area. Most of our um, meetings have been uh, via conference call, although we do have support groups in some cities where they, have, uh, where they do meet face-to-face, and those are very good opportunities for for networking and support uh, for those in uh, Seattle is one area where there's a good uh, support group there, also in Portland, Portland Oregon. Uh, I guess if, they, if people should check the website um, for up, upcoming right. conferences and more news, please uh, quickly give us the website again. It's paxncl.org, P-A-C-T-S-N-C-L.org is our website. PaxNTL.org. Derek, thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Richard. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments with a few details about an upcoming episode. Hey there, I'm hard at work on another edition of Inner Sanctum, my free monthly newsletter. Inner Sanctum features my monthly brief, a column of my thoughts and opinions on what's happening in the world. It features a spotlight on a past guest, a look ahead to an upcoming episode of my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show. It features a look at this month in conspiracy and UFO history and my Conspiracy Unlimited podcast episode pick of the month and so much more. To get your free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum, delivered to your email inbox, just go to my website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on Inner Sanctum and register. It's fast, easy, and again, absolutely free. Coming up next time, the final installment of my series on targeted individuals, countermeasures, with Roger Tulsis. The latest breakthrough for the black ops is that they use bio-coded directed energy. And what they do is they go out to your garbage in front of your house, 
collected surreptitiously, get your DNA. Once they have your DNA, they can use supercomputers and they can biocode transmission signals, harassment signals, so that if they have your biocode and they fired a weapon system against you, you and I can sit in the same location and you will get the effect and I won't because my DNA is different than yours. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.